Hello everyone, welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum, where you will hear about car news, car culture, and car talks. Here's your host, Cody Wagner. Hello everyone, welcome to the normal podcast, not Wheelin' Wednesday. Sorry for the immediate quietness, it is the 21st of October. I'm doing the podcast now, on a Saturday, because tomorrow is Circuit of the Americas. And considering I'm probably going to get back at 4 o'clock my time... It's very likely I wouldn't want to do the podcast then. So I'm doing it now, getting it out of the way, so that tomorrow can just be a complete day of relaxation. And racing. Because racing is relaxing. When it's boring. (laughs) Anyway, Muggen Honda V10 F1 engine needs to live on in a crazy engine swap. And I'd make a super go-kart out of that mess. I'd make an aerial atom fighter out of that. Anywho, self-driving cars could change how cities are built, and hey, that does make a lot of sense. Classic Jaguar XK120 was kept in a barn for 50 years. Might not be one of the longest or oldest barn finds out there, but hey, 50 years to be stuffed in a shed is nothing to sneeze at. Ford recalls 1.3 million pickups to shield door latches. World's first Alfa Romeo could sell for 1.5 million at auction. Possible Skoda entry into the United States pushed to the back burner. Aston Martin to launch two new Lagonda models by 2023. Ford showcases seven Mustangs ahead of SEMA. I'm still waiting for Mopar to show off their SEMA concepts, actually. Almost one-third of new vehicles don't have a spare tire. This isn't news to me. If you want a spare tire, most of the time you're going to have to, op- you're gonna have to you know, select the option for it. Tesla Model 3 owners won't get any free supercharging. That... Doesn't sound completely brilliant. Gran Turismo Sport falls short of expectations in first official review. Considering the game only has 167 cars, I'm not entirely surprised. I mean, it is mostly a racing game slash racing esports game. But again, there's a lot of classic racing cars that they probably could have put in. Porsche Exclusive presents its take on the McCann Turbo. Stefan Winkleman confirmed as new president of Bugatti. First look inside Rolls-Royce Cullinan reveals phantom-like dashboard. Lotus reveals ultra-rare Elisa Cup 260. McLaren Ultimate Ultimate Vision Gran Turismo comes to life in 1 8th scale. Ian Callum wants Jaguar to revive the XK with a 2 plus 2 GT, and I'm kind of with him on that. Mercedes-Benz is making a new 2019 B-Class as well. Freshly delivered Bugatti Chiron for sale in the UK. Over 340,000 Kia Soul models recalled for steering issue. I wouldn't want to steer right into that one. Eh? No? No one cares. No one asked you. Go away. No. (laughs) Fiat Chrysler Automobiles ends production of right-hand drive Chrysler and Dodge models. With that being said, they are currently pondering the idea of doing the next-gen large cars with right-hand drive. I don't quite get why they'd stop production of right-hand drive Chrysler and Dodge models, only to bring them back for, from what I've seen, primarily Australian and New Zealand market. Well, I say markets. For markets like that. NYPD cops ordered to remove political stickers from cars. It's a police car, not a rolling billboard. Tesla slams consumer reports for giving Model 3 average reliability rating even though they haven't driven it yet. Which, honestly, that's fair. I I find that to be fair. Anyway, they haven't driven the Model 3 and they're already giving it average. You know, how do you know? How can you tell? Oh, well, because they haven't... They haven't delivered them all yet. And they they have been having problems. Yes. 
but those are manufacturing problems. If they're judging these reliability problems, in quotations, by the fact that they're having problems getting these cars delivered, well, that's ridiculous. Yes, they may be having manufacturing and maybe even packaging problems as of right now. That doesn't mean the cars are, you know, unreliable to drive. I mean, as of yet. They're, they may not be reliable right now, but they're fixing that in, you know, in the hopes that they will be reliable afterwards. So it doesn't really matter, does it? As long as they get it fixed and the car's reliable afterwards, that's really what should count. Because the consumer's not going to be able to do anything with a car they don't have right now. Anyway, GM to settle ignition switch claims for $120 million, and that sounds a little, a little low to me. Fernando Alonso extends his contract with McLaren. New Mercedes-Benz X-Class TV spot is really out there, and it still doesn't make the truck look any better than it does, which isn't brilliant. 2018 Nissan Maximo revealed with minor updates and higher prices. Audi won't use nomenclature on U.S. models. Basically, it's their new naming scheme, which I'm not a fan of. Alphabet leads a $1 billion financing round in Lyft, pushes valuation to $11 billion. I don't know what Alphabet is. I don't know if it's a new company for autonomy. Either way, they're doing stuff. <laughs> is the best thing to say. This one-fourth scale Bugatti Chiron engine costs $9,365, I assume it's in dollars. I'm sorry, but until we get a Gen 5 Viper engine that costs about that much, I don't care. Well, no, that doesn't cost that much, but it's just as highly detailed. I don't care one bit. That, to me, is overpriced. It's highly detailed, which is really cool, but it's still overpriced. 2019 Audi A7 Sportback is a lot newer and techier than it looks. It's also got a big face, but most Audis do these days. Former Ford engineer dreams up engine with turbos for each cylinder, which is brilliant. It's so brilliant that when I saw that, I was actually irritated that I, did, that I didn't think about that. I'm not an engineer or anything, but it actually, see, that's something that seems almost obvious to do. To why, you know, why not make a turbo for each cylinder? That easily boosts the efficiency and, I'd say, in the right tune, power. So yeah, pretty cool. Hennessy confirms Chiron challenging Venom F5 debut at SEMA on November 1st. And they say it'll do 300 miles an hour. And it's ridiculous. That that statement is bonkers. Not in a good way. It's, I think it's hearsay. Here's why I say that. Bugatti themselves said that the Chiron couldn't do 300 because of its tires. And they said nothing to do with aerodynamics, power. It, there was no tire rated for 300 miles an hour. That was, they said, the only factor that they couldn't reach 300. So the Chiron probably can do 300. There's just no tire that can do 300. And unless Hennessy has teamed up with a special tire supplier, the Hennessy Venom F5 isn't going to be any different. Oh, they can totally do 300. Yeah, so can the Chiron, and it doesn't have tires to do it. If the Venom F5 doesn't have the tires to do it, pointless. There's no point in stating it. It's just marketing. Not necessarily lies, but marketing hype that doesn't, it doesn't equate to anything. See, let me say it this way. The Dodge Demon was hyped quite a lot. A bit from marketing, but also from the fact that no one knew what its numbers were. No one knew anything about it. The reason why th that hype is more relevant is you can, with a lot of practice, you probably could get very near the claimed numbers that Dodge got with the Demon from the SSCA, the certified, what, like one foot, one foot wheelie and 9.65 seconds in the quarter mile. If you practice enough, you probably could achieve that. And with the ACR, that car's so capable, you can set records even if you're not fully professional. All those records, you can set your own in that car. Do that just how capable it is. So again, that stuff 
matter and is relevant to that car because it's actually achievable. For the ACR, it's achievable for you to break a record as show, as seen if you do research. And with enough practice, again, you probably could get the Demon nearer, if not better, than those numbers. We've got not fully stock Challenger H-Cats in the 8 seconds, but still, that's still mighty impressive. The difference with the Hennessy, though, is again, you can't reach those numbers at all. There's no way, because again, unless they have the tires for it, those numbers are useless. It's cool, absolutely, but it'd be cooler if they could achieve those numbers, which at this point, say, oh, we could do 300 miles, it's nothing but a, a theory. Theoretically, the car could do 300 if it had the tires to do it, no. And no, no one who's going to buy a Hennessy Venom F5 is ever going to take that thing. I know what I'm saying probably sounds like a, uh, oh, you're just being negative kind of argument, but what I'm getting at is what Hennessy's saying, it's not new, it's not that it hasn't been said before, and they're not the only automaker to do it. So, if, But for them to state it like it is, is ridiculous. For them to state that they're the only ones to do it is a falsehood, because they're not the only ones to do it, and they're not the only ones that probably can't that can't reach the barrier. We don't know yet, for the, because we don't know what the tires are rated, but unless they're rated at 300, they're not the only ones that can't do 300. Whereas Viper ACR can set records, even if you're not a racing driver. And with enough practice, I don't doubt we'll eventually be seeing Demon owners getting their challengers below the 10 seconds, maybe faster than the certified numbers from Dodge, with enough practice and a very prep circuit. Anywho, mini rant aside, Nissan suspends all production in Japan due to faulty quality inspections. A wide-body Kia Stinger GT is coming to is coming to SEMA, and I'm actually kind of excited for that. Anywho, I hope you all enjoyed. Now, see you all after a word from our sponsors. I have a special announcement to make. You can now go on Amazon.com, type in the search bar "Cody's Car Conundrum," and now you can find. All of my new merch, and you can even buy a t-shirt that says, I listen to Cody's Car Conundrum. Yeah, telling people that you listen to such an awesome podcaster like me. That's not any kind of self-promotion at all. <laughs> but yes, all you have to do is go to Amazon.com, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then buy the shirts you want. Welcome back! Nissan reveals two more concepts for Tokyo. The ENV200 fridge and NV350 paramedic vans. Voxel Insignia Country Tour in showrooms next month from 25,635 pounds? I meant euros, but if it is 25,000 pounds, well then that's very nearly 30 grand. All Electric VW Racer wants to set 30 grand in dollars, might I add. All Electric VW Racer wants to set the record straight at Pike's Peak. Mercedes AMG waves goodbye to the G650 with Final Edition. Alfa Romeo and Maserati slow down production rates after China sales blow. It's due to trading, which is unfortunate. Unique Project sees Vilner boost a bar 5, 595's sporty character. Electric Hyundai Kona to offer up to 310 miles of range, which, once again, is getting with the program. Honda, well, it needs 100 more miles, but still. Honda S660 becomes more fashionable with Komorabai edition. And I think I got that half wrong. BMW Individual murders out Special 7 Series Black Ice Edition for Russia. Aston Martin's next mid-engine supercar to harness Red Bull expertise to take on Ferrari and Co. BMWs were calling near, nearly all X3s in the U.S. from, from 2006 through 2010. Uber has created a fake city in Pittsburgh to test its autonomous cars, which is honestly I find to be a good idea. 
Apple's self-driving prototype car snapped, snapped laden with sensors. Race of Champions to be Saudi Arabia's first international motorsport event. I've hardly kept up on Race of, race of Champions at all. Anyway, let's get on to the Ford Recall first. Recalling a model as prophetic as the, as the Ford F-150 is no simple matter. Just take this latest campaign, for example, which involves over 1.3 million vehicles. The problem comes down to a side door, which may not open or close properly, because either the latch is frozen or the actuation cable is kinked or bent. Not being able to open the door will be annoying enough, but if it seems to be closed and isn't actually latched, it could open while the vehicle's in motion. And that could be very bad news indeed. Especially if there's a cyclist next to you and you brake hard and the door gives him a friendly, not friendly pat on the back at 50 miles an hour with your glass rolled up and he doesn't have a helmet on. Yeah, that, that would be um, very, very painful indeed. The fix appears to be as simple as adding a water shield to the door latch and replacing the actuation cables where necessary, but with so many vehicles affected, it'll likely take a while before they get them all fixed. The recall affects 2015 to 2017 F-150s built in Dearborn between March 12th of 2014 and December 31st, 2016, or Kansas City, August 11th, 2014 through December 30th, 2016, as well as 27 Super Duty trucks assembled in Kentucky from October 8th, 2015 to September 1st, 2016. All that told, that comes to 1,344,605 vehicles across North America, 1,100,107 of which are estimated to be in the United States, with another 222,408 in Canada and 21,090 in Mexico. In the past couple of weeks, Ford issued three additional but much smaller recalls for F-Series trucks. 504 trucks across the F-150, F-250, F-350, F-450, and F-550 models need to have their front passenger seat tracks replaced. Another 39 examples of the 2018 Raptor Super Cab with optional moonroofs need to have their roof braces riveted. And another 77 examples of the 2015 F-650 and F-750 need to have their steering axles tightened. And then Kia with the steering issue... Because steering into a problem is not the way you... I can't think of another car. I was going to say something like, it's not the way you want to drive your life, but... Yeah, terrible. I know. Whatever. Kia is recalling over 340,000 sole models in the United States due to a steering issue. The NHTSA, or National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration says the recall involves all 2014 to 2016 Kia models produced between July 21st, 2013 and September 30th, 2015. Additionally, Kia Soul EV variants built between the same dates are affected. Investigations have revealed that the steering pinion plug could be faulty, meaning there's a possibility that the pinion gear could separate from the steering assembly, causing a loss of steering and a loud clunking noise when attempting to turn the car. To resolve the issue, Kia will inspect the plug and, if necessary, replace the entire steering assembly of the affected vehicles. The South Korean automaker previously recalled 2014, 2015, and 2016 Seoul models for the exact same reason in 2016. However, it has been determined that those recalls may not have been properly performed. Oh, dearie me. And for the last one, BMW. BMW has issued a recall for 85,302 examples of the X3 in the United States, specifically 2.5i, 3.0i, and xDrive 30i models from the 2006 to 2010 model years. That total might not make this the largest of recalls in the grand scheme of things, but when you consider that while model years and calendar years don't match up exactly, BMW sold 89,113 examples of the X3 in those five years, it's clear that the recall affects very nearly all of them. 
Don't be surprised, then, to see similar recalls rolled out for the same model in other markets around the world. As popular as SUVs are in the United States, the American market accounts for only a relatively small percentage of X3 sold around the world. The model debuted in 2003 and underwent, other, underwent a facelift in 2006 and was repra- replaced in 2011. The problem, according to, to the statement from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or the NHTSA, comes down to the airbag sensors. Specifically, the mat that detects if there's an occupant in the front passenger seat. Should the system fail, says the NHTSA, in the event of a crash, the front passenger airbag would be deactivated, increasing the risk of personal injury. To rectify the issue, BMW is instructing dealers to replace the defective mats in a process that's slated to kick off on November 20th. A month from when this podcast goes out. Well, 19 days from when this goes out. But still, once again, Cody's Car Conundrum, giving you recall notices before you get one from the automaker. Most of the time. 85.63% of the time. Ring Brothers teased 1956 Ford F100 Coyote V8 for SEMA. Liberty Walk tuned BMW M4 wants your attention. One-off 1966 Duesenberg prototype looking for a new, preferably wealthy, owner. The only thing I want to do is drift that thing around a skid pad and see how hilariously wobbly it is while doing so. 2019 Corvette production slated to begin in January, apparently. Mitsubishi reveals new three-year plan will launch six all-new models. Well, vehicles, but still. Rolls-Royce Phantom EV in the works. CEO dismisses plug-in hybrids. Land Rover wary of Chinese firms copying its concepts. Supposedly that's why they're not doing more of them, I believe. Little bit of a shame. Chevrolet adds ZR2 Midnight and Dusk Edition models to Colorado lineup. Polestar to spearhead Volvo's EV strategy with Tesla Model 3 rival in 2019. 1,100 horsepower Nissan GTR to attempt ring record this weekend. But it doesn't matter. Even if it beats out the Neo, that still doesn't make it a production car in any shape or form. Alpina's take on the new BMW X3 caught out in the open. Side note! Big side note. Polestar has finally, finally revealed their coupe. It's in some ways a modern version of the Volvo P of the Volvo P1800. I like it even though I think it needs a little bit more fastback to it. And it's a 600 horsepower hybrid coupe with 93 miles of EV range. Those miles of EV range are, well, honestly in my opinion, terrible. Utterly atrocious. But it looks great and it has a lot of horsepower. I'm basically happy. I could care less about the EV miles because I'd never drive an EV because, again, it's a waste of time. But it looks brilliant, and you'll be able to see it on my blog. McLaren to launch a new Ultimate Series hypercar ahead of BP23. Hyundai's N 2025 Vision GT concept stars in Gran Turismo Sport, as does Dodge's Tomahawk concept. The GT Vision concept. That one is also in Gran Turismo Sport. Petrol-powered Maserati Levante S arrives in the UK and is priced from £70,755, which seems to me like very nearly 80 grand, which it's probably more like $78,000. Neiman Marcus offers his and hers Rolls-Royce Dons for Christmas. Tokyo, your fuel cell city bus has arrived in the Toyota Sora with apparently covered up wheel arches or covered wheels. There's a actual technical term for it, but I can't remember. Toyota Fine Comfort Ride Concept envisions the hydrogen minivan of the future. Probably one of their least 
atrocious looking concepts I've seen as of late. I actually kind of like it. Anywho, I hope you all enjoy. Now we'll see you all after a word from our sponsors. I have a special announcement to make. You can now go on Amazon.com, type in the search bar, Cody's Car Conundrum, and now you can find all of my new merch. And you can even buy a t-shirt that says, I listen to Cody's Car Conundrum. Yeah, telling people that you listen to such an awesome podcaster like me. That's not any kind of self-promotion at all. <laughs> but yes, all you have to do is go to Amazon.com, type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then buy the shirts you want. We are back for the final time. Can't wait for Coda tomorrow for Circuit of the Americas or Coda. That is going to be so so much fun. Apollo teases IE Hypercar before October twenty fourth premiere, which is three days away. Lamborghini Centenario or Centenario, whatever, for sale at iWatery three point four four seven five million. Okay, I can understand three point four million or maybe three point seventy six million. I can kind of understand, it. but what's with the 3.475. Why? Dilapidated Mercedes-Benz 300SL found in a Cuban barn. Mini may expand range beyond five superhero models. Lamborghini factory is ready to welcome the Urus CUV. Porsche 718 GTS revealed with Turbo 4 developing 365 horses. Nissan teases mysterious new concept for Tokyo. Ford Focus ST wagon spy with Volvo-like headlights. I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually got sued for cop- uh, for copying them. Land Rover completes design work on new Defender. It is absolutely bent on making it worthy to the original. Aston Martin Baker's prototype looks like a DB11 on steroids. Crash leads to fistfight at Anderson Speedway. One driver was tased. And I kind of saw that incident on the news and it, it was insane. Grand Turismo Sports Super Bundle comes with a new Mazda Miata. Because, among other things, but, you know, because why not? 2018 Nissan Rogue gets semi-autonomous tech and a bump in price. Hyundai BTR Edition Elantra Sport Concept Revs for SEMA. By the way, that Polestar 1 car is basically, no kidding, that Volvo Coupe from 2013. There's minor differences here and there, yeah. But it's very, very, you know, like... You know the original Viper Concept and then the RT10 that came out in 1992? It's like that. It's scarily similar. BMW Vision Grand Tour render takes us into the year 2040. Mercedes Tour rollout EQ brand later this year. Catalonia crisis causes Seat to delay announcement of SUV's new name. Electrified 2019 BMW 3 Series prototype shows its interior. Haven't quite caught it to last week just yet. Arden goes to town on the Jaguar XE. McLaren 720S runs late nines with Huracan Performante watching. And that's in the quarter mile. It runs very near demon times in the quarter mile. And that's really impressive. It's very impressive. I do want to know, though, if it could withstand as much punishment as the demon could at a drag strip. Just, just my own curiosity, wondering. Buick GL6 is GM's new Chinese MPV. Daimler moves towards splitting into three separate companies. 2018 Ford Mustang GT gets sticky new Michelin, Michelin Pilot Sport 4S rubber, and that's a bit of a mouthful. Citroen still pondering WRC-inspired hot hatch, and I really, really hope that they do it. Jaguar Land Rover wants more SVX variants because, you know, rival Jeep's Trailhawk. Land Rover has, well, 
Land Rover slash Range Rover have their own rival for the for the Trackhawk. It's called the SVR Range Rover Sport thing. Mazda Team Joe S gets down to work on the track. Tesla's struggle with the Model 3 might be caused by welding issues. Lotus Sports Cars will continue production in the UK, but SUV could be built elsewhere. New Volkswagen Jetta 2 debut in Detroit promises to be super modern. Try hard much. Lamborghini wants to stick with naturally aspirated engines, but it is already eyeing FEVs. Economic recovery fueling sales of high-end vehicles, making McLaren a big winner. Mitsubishi Electric Emirai 4 Concept is a futuristic roadster for Tokyo. Transformers theme Bugatti Veyron, still looking for a home. 2018 Hyundai Kona is ready to land in the UK, is priced from £16,195, or very nearly grand here in the States. Tesla has unexpectedly slashed hundreds of jobs. This is kind of old news, but kind of noteworthy as well. New BMW X3 detailed in 219 images and two photo, two videos. New Kia Stonic arrives in the UK and is priced from £16,295, which is, once again, very nearly 22 grand. So the high-end Icona is, uh, is very nearly £100 less than the Kia Stonic. That's really interesting. Ford Explorer Service redefines the voluntary recall. Le Mans winner Brendan Hartley gets F1 debut with Toro Rosso, which you probably would have heard on Wheel and Wednesday. Toyota Concept I expands into a series of artificially intelligent EVs. Let's see what this voluntary recall thing is. Recalls are almost are almost always turned as as voluntary for the simple reason that government regulators ask the manufacturers to undertake the recall, and the manufacturer typically complies. This latest complimentary service notice from Ford, however, actually is voluntary, not just on the automaker's part, but also on the customers. A couple of months ago, Ford addressed an issue with the police inter- interceptor utility, which I believe we covered. The law enforcement version of the Explorer SUV. The problem was that while installing additional equipment for law enforcement purposes, detrimental, detrimental motor pools weren't necessarily closing up the holes properly, leading to carbon monoxide entering the cabin. Considering how much time officers spend on their patrol, spend on patrolling their vehicles, that was deemed a serious issue. So while the problem may not have been for its fault, the automaker still offered to fix it. That raised some concerns among the public that the civilian Explorer could also be subject to a carbon monoxide leaks. Sorry, two carbon monoxide leaks. Ford empathetically denies that possibility, but to alleviate its customers' concerns, it's offering to service all 2011 to 2017 Explorers in order to further reduce the potential of exhaust leaking into the cabin. To do so, it's undertaking to reprogram the air conditioning system, replacing the liftgate drain valves, and inspecting the ceiling around the rear of the vehicle, similar to the steps it undertook to voluntarily repair the police utes. Ford calculates there are roughly 1.3 million such explorers in the United States, plus another 84,000 in Canada and 24,000 in Mexico, the owners of which will have the opportunity to bring their vehicles into their local dealers to have their service performed over the course of the next year, from November 1st, 2017 to December 31st, 2018. Good grief. And apparently, there's been an update. The manufacturer notes that the early, the earlier police interceptor utility service was also, a voluntary customer satisfaction program and not a recall. The text above has been revised. Ah, uh, holy, wow. Jeez. Ouch. LG Chem to open Europe's biggest battery plant next year. FCA recalls half a million Jeeps, Dodge, and Chryslers. 2018 Jeep Wrangler owner's manual leaks online, which those links have been promptly taken down. You can still find them, and I know where. Alper on the forums, but yeah. 
you can't get them directly anymore. A problem with the active head restraints in certain vehicles manufactured earlier this decade has prompted Fiat Chrysler automobiles to recall nearly half a million vehicles. The campaign affects certain 2012 Jeep Liberty SUVs, 2012 to 2013 Chrysler 200s, and 2012 to 2013 Dodge Avengers. The automaker assesses there are some four, 470,000 of them out there that will need to be brought in, including 414,134 in the United States. Active head restraints are designed to mitigate the risk of whiplash for the front seat occupants by moving forward in a rear impact crash. After an NHTSA inquiry, however, FCA found that some of those systems degrade as a result of the vehicle's extensive use. The owners of the affected vehicles can expect to hear from the manufacturer sometime next month to arrange service at their local dealership to replace the occupant restraint control modules. All three models have long since been phased out or replaced. The Liberties place has since effectively been taken in the Jeep lineup by the newer Cherokee, while the Avenger and 200 have been discontinued altogether as Auburn, as Auburn Hills focuses more on attention, focuses more attention on trucks and less on unprofitable smaller passenger cars. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed, and I will see you all next week. Coda's going to be amazing. Enjoy the race. You have just listened to Coda's Car Conundrum. Be sure to join us every Sunday. You can subscribe to Coda's YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash c slash viperforlifeacr Be sure to get Cody's books on Amazon at www.amazon.com slash Cody dash Wagner slash e slash capital B zero one nine capital K capital X seven two capital Z eight if you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Be sure to follow Cody here so you don't miss any episodes. Bye, until next time.